Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Hello and welcome to the Abroad Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined, as always, by England's top Japan enthusiast, Mr. Pete Donaldson. Pete, how the devil are you doing? What's going on? Oh, Chris, I've had a lovely weekend and the sun is shining outside here in London uh, town today. The, the the sky is blue. It's a lovely wintry day, but oh, man, I, I love winter's days when it's blue sky, bit of sunshine. Fantastic. What about you? What's happening in uh, Japan? What's happening in I Sendai? wouldn't know, Pete. I've spent the entire week indoors editing a documentary <laughs> about Ken Watanabe. Uh, I did go out a little bit earlier to get some uh, some family yeah. mark chicken. Whenever I edit, whenever I have like a long week of editing, I just eat really mm. crap food and it's been a disaster I had a little walk through the snow <laughs> to Family Mart then came probably back to edit Ken Watanabe a little bit more it's one of those uh, weeks it's one of those weeks kill me now <laughs> it's one of those weeks the uh, the I had on a Saturday night here in London uh, behind uh, Leicester Square mm. Station uh, just off Charing Cross Road, there is a kokuchi banya. So I had kokuchi banya and felt a little curry. bit Japanesey because uh, I had uh, a cheese curry, <laughs> cheese <laughs> and chicken curry. Because um, like, because you cannot buy anything these days uh, that uh, that doesn't have katsu in it. Um, you can buy like sardines in a katsu sauce. Uh, I noticed awful. in uh, Sainsbury's. Uh, fucking disgusting. <laughs> I mean, just the worst. Just, just the worst. Sounds awful. Um, and they're absolutely foul. Uh, it's awful. Just truly, like go- you know, like uh, golden curry curry sauce, yeah, which yeah. is usually quite good. I don't know what they, it's like. They've left a bowl of that on a radiator for three years, oh. and they've just put it into a lot of sardines. Um, so yeah, it was pretty rank. But um, you cannot, you can't move uh, without uh, getting some katsu on you in London. It rains katsu these days, um, and so uh, it was nice to sort of experience something that was a bit was a was exactly like the the, the bargain uh, bucket uh, <laughs> version of katsu. But still, uh, it was. It, I still felt like I was. Um, I was in Japan, but I haven't. I looking at the menu oh and looking at the little uh, sheet of paper where you can uh, give your opinion of the shop and stuff with a little pencil. I thought, oh, I'm back. I'm back in Japan. It's just like <laughs> Japan. I mean, what's the um, the food scene in terms of Japanese food? When I lived in in, in the UK, it was pretty dire, right? We mm. had like wasabi mm. and wagwama mm. and yo sushi. Has the UK moved on? Mm. Do we have actually edible Japanese food now, or is it still the same cheap, crappy? plastic rubbish masquerading as Japanese food as it was back then what's what's the status 
Well, I mean, you'd like you'd like to say that it was uh, with with uh, again everything's just katsu now, so you cannot eat anything anywhere <laughs> without having a bit of katsu curry uh, on the top. So if you really like katsu and you think that's the greatest import since sliced cheese, uh, then 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 by all means come to London. But uh, I've not seen anything that uh, there's certainly a lot more um, delicious ramen restaurants uh, mm. out there. But the problem is they get a bit fancy. They think they can kind of uh, do Japanese cuisine with a twist. Oh, oh we're going to put peanut butter and shoes in this one and you're like oh it's just i mean it kind of works but i mean can we just have the normal food can we just have the normal food give me a little a little vial of uh, chili pepper chili uh yeah of, of chili flakes and i'll and i'll go to town on my and, and make my own flavors my own hot flavors when you said peanut butter and shoes you reminded me of the time um israeli prime minister benjamin netanyahu served mm. then prime minister shinzo Abe a shoe as a food do you That's remember right, that? Yeah. That was such a good article. I do. That was weird. That was an amazing story. I don't, I don't think anyone saw that coming, to be quite frank. Always... <laughs> Didn't hear the footsteps. <laughs> and it got like a lot of heat in Japan because they were like, such yeah. disrespect serving the Japanese Prime Minister a shoe. To, to, you know, it looked kind of interesting, <laughs> to be fair. It was like some sort of artistic yeah. creation by a top Israeli chef. Uh, I would have oh, been up for that. Who would want to eat an yeah. edible shoe? It looked it looked good. That was that was fun. It looked good. The good old days. The good old days of, of edible shoes. I had a the shoe old. Even days. though I um I've spent the entire five days in the room editing and I I went mm. on a rant on Twitter about this. You know, like mm. whenever you're angry or down, you go to Twitter, you rant about things, and I had a rant about how mm. I've been editing for five days and my desk is covered in breadcrumbs and coffee. It's a disaster. It's like a, <laughs> it's like a rubbish heap of stuff on my desk, and uh, people are like, "Don't you have an editor, Chris? Don't you have an editor? I do have an editor, but unfortunately, he doesn't speak Japanese, and a lot of the documentary right, is okay. in Japanese. I think he knows hiragana, which is mm. not overly useful in the grand. Sc- well, it's useful, but it's it's, it's only get you so far hiragana. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I need to find. I need to get my editor on a Japanese course. I think, but. Uh, I've actually wrapped it. <laughs> I like the... I've I've done it. You've I've finished. It. It's finished. You finished it. I'm oh free. my goodness, Freedom Chris! Heat. It's this has been a project. You you worked harder on this than you did on any of the journey across Japan's. <laughs> this I mean this is a, a monumental project. This is like up there with the Saturn V yeah. rocket being constructed, editing the Ken Watanabe <laughs> documentary. But it is done. Yeah, and now it's it's the daunting moment, right? Where it's got to be yeah. sent to Ken Watanabe and his management people and obviously he's he's a part of a talent agency in Japan they're very strict and notorious oh, talent Chris. agencies i i when i worked with Hyde the rock star a few years ago his mm. team were pretty good actually and so far mm. the team Ken's like manager's been really nice so i'm optimistic it'll be all right but obviously they've got to watch over it and make sure that i'm not saying anything bad or be anything yeah. wrong um, but uh, yeah, it's always a bit daunting in Japan. They can be quite organisations are quite controlling over sort of talent and stuff. So mm. it'll be interesting to see if they come back with any feedback at all that's bad. But uh, hopefully, oh, I'll know. I week. imagine you'll get. Uh, I imagine you'll get a few uh, a few pointed notes about your edit. <laughs> <laughs> that's usually how it works. That's the thing, though. Like working on your own kind of back and and um, just being a YouTube creator, mm. where you're only ever working with like either other creators or just yourself. 
you don't really need to worry about uh, this sort of fraff, but um, working with anyone who's got a team behind them, mm. uh, working with anyone who's got a, a, a management or, or agency uh, concern is uh, it's difficult, isn't it? Getting anything cleared, you got you've really got to you've really got to get your ducks in a row when it comes to actually sign, like getting you know um, getting releases signed. I mean, if you do sort of set it up like, well, look, you're not getting editorial control on this. I'm just you sign your you sign your life away when you sign the uh, you sign yeah, the release yeah. form at the end of uh, at the end of the interview. There's but, no, uh, um, yeah. so far as I know, there's no creative control or editorial control. It's more just to check over it and make right. sure I've not just done some sort of piss take, making fun or doing something awful. <laughs> some anarchy, <laughs> anarchy, just been, sheer anarchy. Like a, they've been watching, uh, they've been watching your best friend C Dog oh, yeah. doing his stuff. He got in trouble. He was, uh, he was having a terrible time on Twitter because he said something about. Attack on Titan or something, and then loads of people took it as him sort of endorsing Attack on Titan. You know, overspending on anime mm. and stuff. And it, I didn't really understand the story, but um, it just sounded like he had a terrible week uh, from an offhand comment that wasn't even fucking offensive in, in the slightest. I, do you ever think that like oh, people need to just chill the fuck out? Because I get, I look, I, I say some things on the various podcasts I do of a week. Um, but there's very there's very few sort of blowbacks because I'm 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 universally liked because I'm an awesome <laughs> dude. Now, um, I, I, like it, there's very there's, there's there's very few sort of um, blowback because the numbers just aren't there. There aren't as many people watching and consuming my content and, and reading my Twitter. But with people who've got like as many followers as you guys, like it's it's just insane. You just get criticised from the weirdest angles and things kind of like mm. the ball rolls and rolls and rolls and gathers so much shit before like and you could be asleep and you wake up to a shitstorm not of your own making really I can't remember what he said it was something really stupid it was like something just I think he said I think he said uh, did, did Jeff, Jeff Bezos fund Attack this anime's Attack on Titan. It's Attack on Titan, um, and that was misinterpreted by some foul people. <laughs> uh, some people sort of saying that uh, that uh, well, look, a lot of anime companies don't have that kind of funding, that kind of money. Does it mean that like if you throw money at a project, it's automatically going to be better anime, etc.? It's quite an asinine, uh, you know, a conversation one would posit, but. Um, it's uh, it, it's just weird that it sort of blew up. It's uh, it's such a and and, and you know, obviously he goes away and goes to sleep, whatever. Wakes up and there's a shitstorm on his on his doorstep. Yeah, it's, did, it's not his fault. I did speak to him about it. <laughs> he was a bit stressed about it. it you know, Twitter is one of those. I, I yeah. have a weird. I don't really like Twitter in a lot of ways because Twitter is the place where you'll write an opinion like, I like trees, and mm. then you'll have like a comment reply underneath, being like, just, <laughs> what do you mean you like trees? Why do you like trees? What's wrong with you? And like someone will like just find a, a way to get offended or find a way to attack you for no reason and it just you know, there's lots yeah. of twatty people attack on, Titan. on Twitter. And and yeah, and that as well. But uh yeah. I think he came off he came off of it well though. He got a lot of support from everyone. Like ninety nine percent of people yeah. who aren't stupid just went, Yeah, he was joking mm. and uh you know, that's the way it is. But seriously, honestly, Twitter yeah. It's where things go. Chill out. Things go. Everyone chill out, yeah? Things go to die on Twitter. We've got a story here from mm. Michelle and Andy. He says, Hi, Crispy Chris and Peppery Pete. I have a little story for you about the rarest convenience store in Japan. Uh, a Lawson's. A Lawson's? A Law... What? A, it's like, it's an A with a, an apostrophe above it. How do you pronounce that? Ah? A Lawson? Uh, Japan? Uh, yeah, I think so, yeah. We'll get to Japan. it. Japan. A Lawson's. When my wife... <laughs> Don't know. <laughs> when my wife she was my girlfriend back then and I travelled Japan in 2016 we wanted to visit the 
Ghibli Museum in Mitaka in Tokyo. All the guides we looked up in the internet told us just to find a Lawson store and to print out our tickets there. One week in advance should be more than enough. With that in mind, we started our trip, always looking for a Lawson's, but we never found one. After six to seven days in Tokyo, we started to get nervous. Our stay in Japan was only 16 (laughs) days, and so we tried to find a Lawson's via Google Maps. Why is it so hard to find the Lawson's? There's a lot on every street in Tokyo. Our hotel was in <laughs> Hamamatsu-cho, and the closest Lawson we could find was near Kunda Station. So we took the Yamanote line to get there just to find out that the next possible date to visit our dream destination was two weeks after we would already have left Japan. The lady in the shop was super friendly and tried to manage something for us. She even called the museum if they could give us the chance to reach our goal. But nothing. Anyway, from that day on, all the Lawson stores that formerly hid from us popped up out of nowhere. There was one at Kamakura, one in Ikebukuro, and one next to our hotel, but just around the corner, in the opposite direction that we always wanted to... uh, In the opposite direction that we always went to get the train. Google Maps... Nice joke. Have you ever had an equal situation where Google Maps tricked you into taking a long way around your final destination? Or did any convenience store ever try to escape your sight? Uh, Thank you for the good and interesting work from Austria, Michelle and Andy. I mean, this is a very bizarre situation. I don't think I've... There's a there's a lot on every street, guys. I, I don't know how you missed it. <laughs> they present themselves, but it, it's one of those things where like you, you, it's kind of chaos theory, isn't it? You sort of like choose um, one road, and you'll you'll sort of go, oh, there's a lot of Lawsons on this road, but there'll be another road where there's no Lawsons, mm. and you like you just happen to have choose your. It's in, it's inexplicable. It happened to Michelle and Andy, but uh, well done for uh, managing to avoid a Lawsons. You should be that, that should be a sport. Try and avoid it. It should be like you know, like they do that thing around Christmas, Whamageddon, uh, if you kind of get. If you hear last Christmas, you're out of the game yeah, effectively. Yeah, yeah. So you've got to go around trying to actively avoid it. You have to go through Japan actively avoiding seeing a Lawson's. <laughs> Easiest. It's it's pretty difficult to do. I mean, I what I've noticed though is certain convenience stores have like territories where they're more prominent than others, right? So I think where mm. I used to live in Yamagata, there was a lot more Seven Elevens and Lawson's than say Family Mart. I'm not really sure of the science behind it. I'm not sure how the the convenience stores of Japan carve up the country between them all. But there's definitely some places Mm. where, like, other convenience stores are absent. So maybe they were in that sort of place. Maybe they were in an area around Hamamatsu where there wasn't that many Lawsons. I don't know. Yeah. That's a weird one. I'm sorry you didn't get to go to the museum, (laughs) though. Probably some... Probably some kind of uh, weird, um, like restriction on the Lawsons or something. Maybe they had too many in in too Tokyo, <laughs> so they had to like, well, you're not allowed any around. How much is short? So sure. I do love Lawson though. I think Lawson's become my favourite convenience store in Japan. They've revamped their range now. Every item's got like an original packaging. It's really nice. They've got the best fried yeah. chicken, the little karaage and chicken nuggets with a little cute bird on. It's lovely. I uh, big Lawson's mm. fan. Big Lawson's fan. They've upped their game. Every year, another convenience store brand invests big and ups their game, and uh, Lawson's leading the pack at the moment. I um, mm. we got a story this week involving we haven't we haven't spoken about mascots in quite a while. I don't know what's going no. on in the world of mascots, but there's a new mascot in town that is it it, it it's it's a good mascot. It means well. But the headline is pretty <laughs> ominous, isn't it? I'll let you handle this one, Pete. What's the mascot? What's the news of the week? Well, well, look, <laughs> Japanese rail companies, they pride themselves on uh, making customer safety a priority, says the, said the headline. Um, 
and and they've created a mascot that is basically a horrible <laughs> monster. <laughs> it's a horrible uh, monster. They've created the uh, Kodomo Tsukima uh, Tenraku Boshi uh, project, which translates to Child Gap Fall Pre- Prevention Project. Uh, and they've created this monster called the Tsukima Mori. Uh, Tsukima meaning gap, and Mori taken from Yamori meaning uh, gecko, which is very rude to geckos, I think it's fair to say. Uh, but uh, Tsukima Mori is uh, mind the gap, effectively. Mm-hmm. It's It's a... It's a monster that's 14 metres long, which is about the size of 10 children, and it lives in the gap between the platform and the train. Now, we've got this in London. We've got a very polite man saying, please mind the gap. Please mind the gap when you get off the stupid tube station at Tottenham Court Road or whatever. Uh, but, you know, in, in, in Japan, you've got this fucker <laughs> who lives beneath the, tr- the train and wants to munch kids up if they don't mind the gap. Um, look, it's, it's a worthy, uh, it's a worthy uh, thing, but um, it looks like something out of... Who's the purple monster Monsters out Inc. of the McDonald's universe? No, well, yes, it does. Yes, it is a bit Monsters of rip-off Inc, of uh, the big blue yeah, monster yeah. from... It's kind of a mix between the Monsters Inc. and uh, the, the Monsters Inc. blue monster and the big green-eyed guy it's kind of a mixture of the two because he's got one big red eye he's purple he's like the color of the purple is it purple marple is he from mcdonald's yeah, i yeah, can't remember the purple apple the hamburger the hamburglar's friend the big blue, big purple thing um and he's and he and he just eats kids uh i mean i think kids probably know the dangers of getting stuck between train and uh, thing, but look, if there's a, if the if the monster is going to help them, I think they should paint them on the wheels of the train, <laughs> the little purple monsters. <laughs> but it's uh, but he's he's all over Osaka, the Sakima Mori uh, posters, digital signage warning children and parents of the monster's existence. So look, we're discovering new monsters left, right, and centre. <laughs> it's a cracking idea. I mean, the reason they've done this is, is one in three cases. Apparently, one in three cases of passengers falling into the gaps at mm. stations in Osaka are children under the age of 10. So I suppose it means well, right. really. It's one of those things. We, you see all these mascots yeah. made for no reason, really. Remember, like, yeah. a few years ago, every prefecture in Japan, like, dived into the race because I realised you can make a lot of money from having a character, having, like, a mascot, right? There's mm. a, it's a big yeah. money earner. Like, uh, was it Kumamon the Bear made a billion dollars for Kumamote? And after that, I everyone think, dived uh, in. I think... I think this monster is uh, quite attractive. I think he's quite—he looks like a fun-loving guy. Um, so let's hope he doesn't lure any children uh, beneath the tracks, beneath the train to hang out with him. Do you remember the the <laughs> the, um, the mascot that was just a part like a, a like some sort of character stuffed full of syringes, syringes like sticking out of him oh. to try and warn people about oh, the dangers no. of drugs in Kyoto. Of syringes. It was it was it was a rejected mascot. That was it. Yeah, it was this horrible. Right. Like this creature with just like twenty five syringes, like <laughs> that had been wedged into him, jabbed into him, just hanging off, and that was supposed to put you off taking drugs. <laughs> but they rejected it because it was too crude. It was too violent. Um, <laughs> very route one. It's pretty cool though. I uh, I've I've completely. I'm still traumatised by my disappointing video where I did on I did a video on mascots like a few years ago. It did really badly mm. and I was so angry that I vowed to never look at a Japanese mascot again. But I still think it's a very interesting like part of the culture and I still think it's uh, absolutely yeah. fascinating. And even though it is abs- it's just ridiculous, this creature, you never know. If it saves a kid from falling off a platform, it might be worth doing. It might be worthwhile. Yeah. Get on him. Take some mascot. We need to, I think we need to export the mascot culture back to the UK um, and see how mm. that does. 
Do you, how do you think this would do in the UK, having all these weird characters pop up in everyday life for health and safety reasons? I just think we'd we'd mess it up somehow. Uh, we'd make it really nationalistic or something, <laughs> and he'd have a big. It would be a big. It would be a Dunkirk bear. Uh, There's like a beef eater that lives underneath the tracks and eats rats. <laughs> it'd just be really horrible. <laughs> That's awful. That's shocking. <laughs> it would have terrible diseases. It would have awful diseases that only the bear that's dressed like a beef eater could get. I love the idea. I'm actually quite interested in this idea now, like a satirical range of nationalistic mascots tied into Brexit or something. Like, is the Brexit, Brexit bear. bear? He lives under the trains. He eats rats. <laughs> He's disgusting. And he hates foreigners, <laughs> foreign migrants. Yes. God. That'll be fun. <laughs> and he's killed Boris Johnson. We'll be back in a moment with the fax machine, your comments, questions, and stories. Just a moment, guys. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit get 30, bit get 20, 20, 20, bit get 20, 20, bit get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. And we're back with the fax machine. What have we got this week from our listeners, Mr. Donaldson? That's the noise of the fax. Boda, Kiora, and Sup, Pete and Chris. I'm Harry, a Cardiff boy or a Cardiff born boy living in the coolest little capital in the world, Wellington, New Zealand. My question to you both, lads, is during your times in Japan, have either of you spent some time checking out some of the fantastic theatre that Japan has to offer? If you have been, what have you seen? And if not, could we maybe see a video in the future, Chris? Peace, love, Harry. I think I've only covered it kind of like once in a video. I did a video called Japan's Robot Cafe, Coolest yeah? Man. <laughs> did a video called like Japan's Coolest Man. It was a bit of a ridiculous video. I went to basically meet this guy who's who's famous for being like a jazz man in a city called Itsumoseki, right. just north of Sendai. And it, Natsuki makes fun of this video so much. If you go and watch it, there's this jazz man. He wears glasses. He wears, like, sunglasses. Even though we interviewed him in the darkest of rooms, it was basically pitch black in his jazz bar. Yeah. He wears his sunglasses. He smokes like a chimney. And he says big, bold things that make literally no sense. 
Like, I think he said something <laughs> like, if you look at a woman, you know it's a woman. If you listen to jazz, you know it's jazz. And it just, it just, it's all really pretentious shit. And it's, right. in hindsight, it's not a great video. But Natsuki loves it. He quotes it every day and he makes fun of it whenever we hang out. But in that video, <laughs> after the jazz man, we went and saw a performance. And I think there's a little bit in there. I'm not really big on, like, theatre in Japan. It's not really my cup of tea. Is it your thing, Pete? Mm. Would you be up for that? Is that something that would interest you, Kabuki? I, I don't think there'd be much for me, to be honest, unless there was, like, a... Do they have, like, a broad... I mean, I guess they got Kabuki-cho, which I presume a lot of these <laughs> uh, kind of theatres are in. Uh, but, um, not oh. really, no. No, they're not. They're not. No. Pop, would make sense. Because that whole area, Kabuki-cho, was because they were going to build a Kabuki theatre, but they didn't bother in the end or something then like discovered, that. I'm fairly certain that's why. They discovered red light districts are much sex. more profitable and lucrative. <laughs> they discovered sex. Yeah, sex. Yeah, arts. exactly. Kabuki doesn't. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think um, I, I, I don't think there'd be much for me. I, I'm, I, I have no grounding in it. I don't know where it goes on. Uh, I walk past the AKB Forty Seven Theatre. AKB Forty Eight, whatever it's called. Go there <laughs> in Kabo- in uh, yeah, wherever that was. They've got one in every um, in every town. There's one in uh, Namba, I think, uh, in Osaka as well. They're all over the place. Namba Forty Eight. I think I think they're called Namba. Namba Forty Eight. Yeah. And then there was yeah. one in Fukuoka as well. The Fukuoka Forty Eight or something. Mm. Every town's got Forty Eight. It's very lucrative. Never hear about them anymore, the old 48s. Uh, yeah, don't do. to? I don't think they've had a hit song. Yeah. They had a fortune cookie back about like seven or eight right. years ago. That bloody song was everywhere. And I remember I went right. to like a, a school dinner with all the teachers and then they all got drunk and started... Mm. They put the song on. I don't know where the fucking music came from. All of a sudden, AKB48 <laughs> started playing and like 50 teachers got up and started <laughs> dancing. And I sort of just sat there <laughs> wondering why the fuck I'd come to Japan. <laughs> Very surreal. We've got one here from Emma who says, Hi, Chris and Pete. My name's Emma and I'm from England. Very good. I've been there. The whole question Ooh. came about because I was listening to the podcast before bed. And as I drifted off, I had a dream where you had both come round my house <gasps> to have a cup of tea. I said, the most British dream oh. ever. I spent the rest of the dream in panic because I wasn't sure how many sugars you took. And if you had, <laughs> and if you had milk in your tea or not, and I was worried I would get it wrong. Um, Just ask how, us. How, I mean, I mean, I, who knows? Does anyone know anybody else's? Uh, anybody I don't else's? Know how you take your tea um, out of the clue. But Emma says, "How yeah. do you have your tea? <laughs> and if you have a favourite Japanese brand of tea, what is it?" Uh, from Emma from England, <laughs> great country. Um, how do you take your tea, Pete? How do you do it? I take it uh, <laughs> just just white. White, no. Uh, sugar, please. Thank you. No sugar. Strong. Strong but white. Thank you. Cheers. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty much the same, to be honest. No sugar. Ugh. Sugar and tea. Something about that seems So wrong. now you know. Now you know, Emma. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had... Uh, somebody bought me, like, a, a Japanese... Ham- when, when you like Japanese stuff, people just buy stuff, like swords yeah. and hampers. Uh, but I got a hamper and... Uh, there was a little uh, little canister of uh, matcha tea, and I was like, "Oh, you know what? I'll uh, I'll get myself a glass." It's disgusting. It's always disgusting. It's always it's just never good. It's just it's just it's just everywhere, and it's never good. It's never good at anything. Why does, uh, yeah, gross. I'm not Absolutely I'm not gross. a big fan of of matcha. I've had it like there's different varieties of it, but it is quite bitter, and I don't mm. really like that bitter taste. Like I love tea. It's just it's nice it, and malty. It's just like it, it, tea. Yeah, I just, I just you're right though. I think the bitterness. I, I think you think it's going to be more bitter than it actually is, and you sort of go, "Oh, this is going to be really bitter," and it isn't. It doesn't never crosses over into being wholly unpleasant, but it's just not pleasant. Mm. So it's kind of in that hinterland between the two. And and uh, yeah, I, I like weird tea. I like um, 
uh, Lapsang and stuff. Like Lapsang is yeah, probably yeah. my favourite because it's a meaty, smoky tea. But uh, but like matches just it's just got nothing for me, nothing for me. But I do appreciate when you're in uh, like a, um, a, a revolving um, sushi restaurant in Japan. Mm. You'll always get a little hot water tap. And you'll be able to just yeah. make your own, and there'll be little powdered uh, matcha tea, and you can make your own tea um, with your face. So it's probably it's probably excellent for digestion and excellent with a with a bit of food. But I just uh, can't be bothered with it, Chris. I can't. I mean, that is <laughs> that is half the charm of going to a conveyor sushi restaurant, isn't it? The little cups, the little. Uh... They're like yeah. uh, the tap sticking out when you press the cup against it and the hot water goes in. That's mm. the only time I think yeah. I, I drink matcha green tea. On a day-by-day basis, I drink British Yorkshire tea that I have specially shipped over by a variety of friends, <laughs> and that is the tea I drink. So uh, if you have yeah. Pete and I over for another dream sometime soon, Emma, um, no no, uh, no sugar and um, Yorkshire tea for me, and Lapsong <laughs> tea for Pete. We've got one here. From yeah. Alicia. We'd make terrible builders. <laughs> I demand Lapsang, please. Love. We got one here. It's so smoky. Isn't that the really smoky one? Like, really smoky. Yeah. It's like drinking a it's bonfire. Like a good whiskey. I don't know how you could drink that. <laughs> uh, we got one here from Alicia. It says, Good morning and afternoon, Pete and Chris. My name's Alicia and I'm from the UK. Another one from the UK. This is quite rare, actually. Mm-hmm. I swear most of our listeners, uh, most of the messages and stories we read out, are very rarely from the UK. Uh, my question is for Chris. Sorry, Pete. Oh, no. When you were moving to Japan no. all these years ago, what was the hardest thing to leave behind in the UK? Was it family? Was it pets? Was it friends? I'm very interested to find out if something or someone in the UK could have stopped you from moving to Japan and having the life you do now. Thank you to all that you two do, Alicia. Uh, in short, no. No, nothing, nothing could hold me back. I, I I wanted to get out of the UK. I I you know, you could have chained me to a fence. Warrants. I would have gnawed it off with my f- fucking teeth. I just need to get out of the country. I need to get out. And yeah, in yeah. short, no, not really. I, I mean, he just he's just a man who wants to watch his life burn. He just, well, I just can't be asked. I'm going to start again somewhere else. He's like, they should make a true crime podcast about him. He just he just floats around, creating carnage wherever he goes. Carnage. <laughs> Sam. I mean, to be fair, Chris, you did you did leave your life in the UK at what age? Twenty two. Yeah, I, I twenty two. I sort of. Yeah. I, I wrapped up my my life into a neat pile, a neat little bum before I left. Like I sold mm. all my possessions at a boot fair. Um, what do you call a boot fair in, in, in like American English? A garage, garage sale. sale. I had a garage sale, mm. um, and I got rid of yeah. everything at, at ridiculously knockdown prices. My hundred plus DVD collection was taken from me for like mere fucking pennies. Um, but no, I, 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 it was it was a nice it was nice getting away. To be honest, it was great starting over. Mm. The excitement and the fear of starting all over again. Like for me, when I turned twenty two and left the UK, that's when I felt like my life truly began. To be honest, I felt like mm. things were like about to happen, and then I went and taught kids in the school for three years and listened to teachers dance to AKB48 and started to regret my decision. But uh, no, it's good. And, <laughs> and you know, people say, "Do you get homesick?" The amount of people I know who get homesick, I I really don't know that many people in all the time I've been here, and that is mm. because. In this day and age, it's frighteningly easy to talk to family, right? You know, I'm walking in a field, yeah. soaking in the the smell of the rice field, listening to the fucking birds tweeting, and, and it's wonderful. And then my, my mum rings me up, and she's like, hello, I've got a letter for you. 
from XYZ from the insurance wondering why I haven't paid it and it's just like oh it take, takes you out the magic of living on the other side of the world I've met people who came to Japan and taught English in like the 80s or 90s and even back then it must have been that mm. must have been daunting because to talk to your family mm. it would be down a phone line um, or yeah. you know it would be like a, an email once every few weeks and now you can yeah. get your family on your phone in like 4k ranting and annoying you every minute of the day so it, you don't have to get homesick anymore. It's, it's, it's fine. That's don't worry true. about it. You'll be yeah. harassed I think. every turn. <laughs> well, I guess um, a lot of people sort of through the pandemic are probably sort of thinking, well, look, I mean, I, I know a few people who have kind of made the decision to sort of just move um, countries yeah, completely, yeah. just, you know, work, do their work in Spain or France or something like that and just float about because they can do their job from, from wherever they are. So, uh, yeah, good, good on them for, um, for, for having that freedom. But I, I guess people who are a little bit older pro- the, the, than you were at 22 probably think, well, I've got too much at stake. I've got too much uh, here. Um, but if you don't have a relationship mm. at the time, I'd say bloody do it. Get going. I mean, my do my it. original plan was to come to Japan two years and then sort of drift around Asia, mm. just like going from country to country, learning different languages mm. and cultures. And part of me regrets not doing that. But it's only a very small part of me uh, that regrets not doing mm. that there was just I don't know just something fun I don't see why I, I, I'm i always someone who wanted to travel around the world um, just because my grandparents they were like foreign diplomats and they sort of I grew up on a, a diet of stories of them travelling around the world and living mm. in all these different countries and I just thought mm. that sounds amazing I want to do that as well um, but like I don't know just the idea of just going back to the UK and just living in a house I think I would just be bored you know when there's so much of the world to see there's so many great countries to discover, so many cultures to unravel, so many languages to learn. I just don't know. Bit rich, mate. Right? You've uh, spent the last five weeks indoors <laughs> in the Ken Watanabe documentary, so. But at least. Bit fucking rich, giving it the big lick. At least I can, I can wander <laughs> the streets through the snow and get my family mart fried chicken, and it makes it all worthwhile. Exactly. It's. Life, liberty, and Chris Broad on the lap. <laughs> <laughs> it's bleak. It's very bleak. We'll be back yeah. later this week for the next episode, <laughs> guys. Keep the stories, questions, comments coming in to Report in Japan podcast at gmail.com. Until then, have a great few days. We'll see you later in the week to do it all over again, right back here on the Abroad Japan podcast. Bye for now. Japan is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. 
seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.